Jesus, thank and praise you. We lift you up today and we bless you, Father. This is the day that the Lord has made. We shall rejoice and be glad in it. And Father, I thank you for the people who are here today. Lord, I'm asking that you bless us and allow us to hear from heaven so that we can be healed, so that we can be encouraged, and so that we can be blessed and we can do the works of him that sent us. And we thank and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, we're going to talk about God and how he's always doing something new. Amen. Because that's what he's promised to do. He says, behold, I'll do a new thing. Amen. Will you not perceive it? And I believe he says that because a lot of people will miss this new thing that he is trying to do. I believe Amos 9.13 is a new thing. And a lot of people are not receiving it because we don't adapt to new things sometimes. Amen. Sometimes we don't receive it because we become comfortable in the way things are. We're comfortable in not receiving our blessing. We're comfortable in not getting the things that we need, not getting the things that we've prayed for. And we're used to not getting it. And so we just put up with it. We get used to it and we give up on it. And we become discouraged. But I believe that God is saying in this hour that, you know, get used to me doing these things. Get used to the new thing. Get used to me running things and us following him. See, we get used to humdrum and we get used to how things are because we're running things. Amen. But if we will allow God to lead us by his spirit. And if we give him permission to have his way in our lives, then we'll bump into a new thing more often. Amen. And we'll become satisfied with what God has for us and not so much as what we're used to. Amen. So the Bible says that in 2 Timothy, if you go there, it says God's given us not the spirit of timidity, but the spirit of power, love, and of a sound mind. Amen. It's 2 Corinthians 1, 7. So if you'll go there, hallelujah. You know, it's good that we have the Bible to guide us and lead us in everything. But sometimes we get off into doing what we're used to doing and then we become discouraged and we never think, well, maybe it's because I'm doing something wrong or maybe I didn't hear this. Or You know, it's good to give a self-analysis now and then so that we can stay on the right road. Amen. So in 2 Timothy... One seven. It says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And that word uh, fear means timidity or lack of responsibility. Amen. See, sometimes when we don't want to face responsibility, we fall into fear. Amen. And so God didn't give us that spirit. He gave us a spirit of overcoming power. You know, where we take responsibility and we meet the devil head on. And we do the things that God wants us to do because we're not afraid. Because we know that God is with us. Amen. He's given us a spirit of self-control, self-thinking, disciplined thoughts. And that's that spirit of power. Amen. That's a sound mind. You know, safe thinking, disciplined thinking, good judgment. All of these things talk about uh, a sound mind. Amen. Uh, disciplined thought patterns. 
and the ability to understand and make right decisions. But see, if we get far away from, if we don't take what God tells us seriously, we'll fall away from those disciplined thoughts and that powerful sound mind that God's given us. And we'll fall over into, you know, uh, everything is just, this is just how it is, you know, or that thing in the back of your mind and say, it's never going to happen. It's never going to change. See, that's because we, that's not a sound mind. And so we have to attack that thing. You know, the Bible says refuting those things, you know, those that, that uh, exalt itself higher than the knowledge of God. And that's where we're supposed to do warfare. Because that whole scripture in, in um, I think it's Ephesians 6, or it's talking about warfare of your mind. Amen. And for many years I used to use, uh, read that as a, a traditional church person. And I thought that was talking about spiritual warfare in the heavenlies for many years. But that's warfare over how you think. Warfare over you allowing Satan to think for you. Warfare over us allowing other people to think for us, you know. And so, you know, all some people need is one little whisper in their ear and they change on you real quick. Because they're not of a sound mind. A sound mind can't be changed by chatter. You know, a sound mind takes responsibility for how we think and what we think. Amen. What we expect comes under that heading of a sound mind. Your expectations come under having responsibility for how you think and that and responsibility for how what you expect from God comes out of uh, a sound mind being excited and being trained in to expect good things from God and not the negative. You ever you ever um, knew that God wanted to give you something and you've been even praying for that for years and then when that season comes, something on the inside of you get, puts you under pressure. It's not going to happen or it'll put you under pressure to expect something bad. And see, that, see, there's a warfare. The devil is in warfare against us all the time to try to change how we think, try to devastate us and take our um, confidence and change it into something negative. But we can't allow God to, we can't allow the devil to do that. Amen. We must allow um, our our good training and that sound uh, foundation that's on the inside of us we have to allow that to come in and speak to us and tell us no that's not the plan of God or no that's not what I've been praying or no that's not what I'm expecting I'm I'm expecting victory you know I'm expecting every good thing I'm expecting exactly what God has promised me and so for that reason we have to attack those thoughts that come into our mind those negative thoughts that tell us it'll never happen it can't happen and see let me tell you this is how the the lord starts showing me things you know we we try to think in our minds um how he's gonna do it and we'll say well if he does that then what's gonna happen with this and see we need to get out of it because that's not 
a sound mind. A sound mind is saying, I don't know how it's going to happen, and I really don't care, but all I am doing is trusting in God. Because he causes everything to work together. All of these things, you know how we're trying to connect the dots. He's making all those dots, although they lead to yonder place. He's trying to bring all of those dots together to work together for our good. So we can't follow things in the natural with our natural minds and de- and and look at that and determine how things are going to happen for us. We can't allow our minds to daydream and to f- try to figure out, you know, what is it going to be like or what's my wedding going to look like. It's going to be like however somebody fixes it to look like and you're going to like it. Amen. Well, I want six horse, white horses. You're going to take whatever God puts together for you because I could care less. As long as God's word and his promises are coming to pass in my life, I'm going to take what he gives me. Amen. Amen. Those daydreams, have, it's over for me. Hey, look. 60s. I can't be daydreaming much longer. <laughs> look at her. Those days are winding down. So you, you kind of get settled and say, well, God, whatever it is that you have for me, I, I want that. Amen. And so we just start to, we have to attack those thoughts that attack us and make right decisions. You know, a, a, a sound mind makes the right decision. A sound mind goes, eventually goes with the decision that God has already made. And he's already declared and decreed what's going to happen in our life. But God has a good plan. We can't imagine it. All we can do is just go along with it and not prepare for it and not fight against it. Amen. So God has given us power and authority. Um, Let's go to Luke 10. Hallelujah. Luke 10. He's given us authority and power, but not a spirit of fear. But most of the time we fall into the fear thing because we don't know anything else. We're not used to anything else. Hallelujah. You know, um, we had this the conference, the conference before last, and that theme was talking about the sleep in church, wake up. And we are asleep most of the time. Amen. You know, we need to wake up and get back what we used to have when we were youthful. Amen. You know how we talk about the good old days and how we used to have so much. It's because everybody was in faith. Amen. Good old days because we were all expecting something. We were we were really together as uh, one voice and one body because we all were waiting on the same thing. Amen. And that thing kind of got fizzled out because everybody's taking their own different direction, you know, uh, according to what they think is going to happen. It's always what we think is going to happen. But it ain't going to happen nothing like what we think. Amen. It's going to happen how God wants it to happen, but it says, the Bible says, can't you perceive it? We can't because we're looking too much in the natural. You can't look in the natural. You can't look at what people say to you. You just can't and not have a godly outcome. So in Luke 10, verse 19, we need to act like we know who we are. And I think this is why we lose the vision 
of God. We lose perspective because we don't know who we are. We don't believe that we have power and authority. But in verse 19 it says, Behold, I have given you authority and power to trample upon serpents and scorpions and physical and mental strength and ability over all the power that the enemy possesses and nothing shall in any way harm you so why do we get in fear amen we should not be in fear with a promise like that we need to wake up we're still the church is still asleep but i believe we're waking up slowly because we're we know that God has promised us better than what we're receiving. And I believe we're tired of it. I know I am. (laughs) And so we're waking up out of our slumber and our sleepfulness. And I believe part of that slumber is is this inability to imagine what God is going to do. We think we're not um, powerful enough to believe what God has said. And we think that we can't make it come to pass. Well, we don't have to. God does. All we need to do is believe that God can. Judge him faithful as Abraham did. Amen. So he says, I've given you the authority and the power to trample on serpents and scorpions. And over all the power that the enemy possesses. And nothing shall in any way harm you. Amen. So God wants us to enjoy life and have it more abundantly full to overflow. Amen. He wants us to have life in abundance and everything that it takes to live from day to day. God says, I already have that for you. Everything pertaining to life and godliness, God's already given that to us. But we live out of a small portion of that because our vision is so small. Amen. Our vision is not the way it should be. So although the enemy comes as a roaring lion, seeking whom he shall devour, God says, I came to give you abundant life. Amen. He's not afraid of how much the devil roar, and we shouldn't either. Because, you know, if you think about it, sometimes don't you just get tired of him always growling and always trying to set you up and always devising plots and wickedness against us. But, you know, all we need to do is stay in hope and stay in faith. If you lose your hope and lose, you know, that expectation, you fall into depression because that's the other side of it. Amen. And so we have to really, really trust God. And it's not such a, a big, oh, I'm so, I have so much faith. It's just simply childlike faith. Simply say, well, you know what? God said it. And this is where we should always come back to this thing. God said it, I believe it, especially when our our stuff don't work. (laughs) We should always come back and say, because you know we do. We stay on this, I don't care, and I'm not going to do this, and I don't need that. We stay on that plane for a little while, but we always come back to, you know what, God said. And I'm believing God. But it's good not to go down into that valley, you know. But to stay up on the high plains and trust God, amen, because it works. It has to work because nothing else will. And so God says, I've come to give you life that you can enjoy, abundant life. And although the enemy comes and, and rile, roar and seek to devour you, he is there with us. We are not in this uh, fight by ourselves. In, our, in other words, the victory has already been won. Hallelujah. 
We need to know who we are. And if we remembered who we were in Christ Jesus, we wouldn't feel so defeated. Amen. Hallelujah. So we need to know who we are and withstand the enemy. When he starts in your mind, this is where he gets his biggest hold, his biggest power or his his biggest grip is done in our minds. Then he comes in and slays us. Amen. Are y'all here today? But this is how he works. He comes in with your mind and he'll tell you, hmm, that's not going to work. You can't do that. You're just waiting for nothing. All your time is in vain. And see, entertaining those thoughts calls us time. Amen. The very thing that Satan tries to make us think it ain't, that's what it is. (laughs) And then we get in anger and we're not in faith and we don't stand firm. But the Bible says to stand firm and fight the good fight of faith. Amen. Hallelujah. And don't leave an open door. Negativity and and wrong thinking leaves an open door for the devil to come in and give you a bigger fear package. Amen. But we need to remember uh, that God has given us all of these things, uh, weapons of warfare to, to help. But you can't use these weapons. And I bind you, Satan doesn't work if your mind thinks you're defeated already. So we need to work on how we think. So let's go to 1 Peter 5. And the devil doesn't want you to know it's him. So he's going to point the finger to God. Amen. Going to make you think it's God. 1 Peter 5. Verse 8. If he can get you to believe it's anything but but those that fearful thought in your mind, he's got it made. Amen. So in First Peter five eight it says to be well balanced, and that's having a disciplined mind. Being well balanced is having a sound mind, sound judgment, disciplined thought patterns. See, your victory is in your faith. And that's a weapon of warfare is your faith. Part of your faith is thinking right, having sound thinking, sound judgment, so you can make the right decisions when the devil throws something in your lap and say, well, what are you going to do? And you need to make the right decision. And so sound thinking, and it causes good judgment. It disciplined thought patterns causes good judgment. It causes you to have the ability to understand and make the right decisions. If you're thinking wrong, you're defeated. And then we think the devil has so much power. That didn't come from the devil. That defeat came from our own mentality. Amen? That defeat came from us. We allowed wrong thinking and poor judgment to come in where God has given us a a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. And so we allow that to come in and think for us and make decisions for us instead of having sound judgment, good thinking, disciplined thought process. And so this is what God is saying. My people is tired of this and I'm going to help them. I'm giving them favor, accelerated favor, coming to your assistance, amen, and grace. God's already given us grace, which is the ability to stand firm until that time. But see, we, we, need to, we need to be careful how we think because our thinking is what causes the open door. Amen? 
Hallelujah. So God says, be temperate, be sober of mind, be vigilant and cautious at all times for the enemy of, let me read in, in Amplified. First Peter 5, 8. He says, be well balanced, be temperate, sober of mind, be vigilant and cautious at all times. It says, for that enemy of yours, the devil roams like a lion roaring in fierce hunger seeking someone to seize upon and devour verse 9 says but withstand him and be firm in faith against his onset rooted established strong immovable and be determined knowing that the same identical sufferings are appointed to your brotherhood the whole body of christians throughout the world in other words everybody has to fight this same fight of faith amen hallelujah verse 10 says and after you have suffered a little while the god of all grace who imparts blessings and favor and see blessings and favor and that's what we depend on to help us stay strong amen god just doesn't send us out there by ourselves to be devoured but he's given us that grace to um cause us to withstand and not fold and not fall not falter but to stand having done all to withstand the devil and his tactics we've already been armored with everything that we need to not cave in and just keep keep allowing ourselves to expect doom and gloom we need to expect the god god's word to come to pass we need to be looking for it we need to be pregnant with excitement you know pregnant with expectation that something good is going to happen and not this regret, discouragement, dragging around, just not performing at top peak performance. You know, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, we didn't operate like this. Amen. We were just going, we were her, you know. We were the lions with the real bite. Amen. But I believe those days are coming back. Amen. Because I believe God is put, he's putting this back into his people. He's instilling that um, right foundation and bringing us back to the rock. Bringing us back to that secret place where he is so that he can give us strength. We have to have a relationship with God. A consistent relationship with God so that he can give us that stamina and that peace see peace is a part of it because if you don't have peace in what what God is doing in your life you'll fold and so God has given us this no failure peace peace will cause you to continue to stand and, and create hope and faith on the inside of us and so we need to obey the word of god it says to withstand him and be firm against his onset rooted established strong immovable and determined can you say that you are all of those things we need to write that down and go over that list every day am i rooted yes am i grounded yes am i established and am i strong and when you weak god the bible says God is strong inside of you. If you confess that weakness to God, you know, he'll make you strong and he'll give you the strength that you need to continue to move forward in him. Amen. Until you receive your victory. Amen. 
But be, be well balanced, be temperate, be sober minded, be vigilant and cautious at all times. Don't just get too comfortable in the world system, I would say in the world. Don't get comfortable in the plans that someone else makes for you. But the only comfort we have is what God is doing in our lives. And that's the only thing that we should trust in these days, these latter days. But we have to withstand him and be firm in the faith. Faith in what? Faith in God that he can perform whatever it is that he's promised. It's not too big for him. It's not too hard for him. We need to do like Abraham. Him and Sarah laughed at God in the beginning. But then they started to trust God more you know they even tried it on the side of plan B and when that didn't didn't work they said you know what we're gonna have to trust God haven't you gotten into that place I know I have I gotta trust God because I don't have anything left amen and you can't go back and give up and go back to Egypt you got to keep plowing ahead amen you got to keep forward and you have to, con- and then you'll come to the conclusion, you know what, I have to trust God because I don't have anything else. Nothing else is going to work for me. See, you have to get smart and say, you know what, I'm trusting God. And that's how you stay rooted and established in the faith, trusting God. Amen. And, and you, you'll become strong and immovable and determined just like the spirit of, of faith is very determined to get the word bring that word fulfilled back to you and this is what god does he fulfills the word and there's nothing that can stop god from uh, performing the word and bringing it to you in a nice package because he's more than able amen there's nothing god he can he can perform every promise that he's promised us he's well able to to perform it and because he's sworn against himself that he can do it. And so we need to just stop fighting against God. Stop fighting against his, his plan and his purpose because we think there's a catch to it. The catch is it just might work. Amen. It, it will work. Amen. It will work better than our plans. So God's grace will help you and to strengthen and enable us because grace is an enabler to withstand and having done all to stand. Amen. Do it all and don't quit. Well, how much do I have to do? All of it. Having done all. That's what the Bible says. The bride of Christ. And we're being groomed and adorned. God has given us gifts and more abilities. And we're we're thinking about quitting and checking out. And he's preparing his bride with more. More strength. More power. More authority. You know, well, I didn't use the last. Yeah, he knows. And that's why he's going to move you out of that place into a a better place. And he's going to help you more. But I believe God's one stipulation is that we stay with him and develop our relationship with him. You have to have a relationship with him. Amen. We're the bride of Christ. Hallelujah. And he's given us more gifts and more abilities. And that word, he's grooming and adorning, that word grooming means preparing. He's priming and making ready. He's conditioning, conditioning and tailoring us and also cleansing us. And that's the part we don't like because sometimes it hurts to be cleansed. Ouch. But, you know, that's part of the process. 
So don't get angry in the process. Don't get bitter in the process. But allow the process to hone us, to groom us, to get us ready, adorn us so that we can uh, be able to receive what it is that God has for us and also go out and do the works of him that sent us. Amen. Amen. So he's coaching, training, and instructing. Teaching, that, that's all grooming. That word adorning means to decorate, to embellish, to enhance. See, we want the, the adorning without the grooming. Amen. We just want us to pin a little bit more on here. You know, that's that. I'm a, I'm a, and I don't know what I am, but I know I'm the top two. <laughs> they don't even know the name of it, but they know they're the top two. So we want to be commemorated. More than cleansed and and prepared and primed. Amen. Hallelujah. Cleansed and coached, instruct. We don't like that, but we like the adorning. So that word adorning also means to make you more beautiful and attractive. Amen. So you got real quiet then. (laughs) I felt it go like this. It means also to embellish and enhance to decorate and that's what we want without the teaching the instruction the training the tailoring and the priming the cleansing we want the adorning amen adorn also means to enhance the beauty of something by adding something God wants to add something to us. Not trying to take anything away from us by trying to get us to believe for the impossible. He's trying to add something to us. Amen? So enhance means the beauty of something by adding something. God has given us the goods to come through for him in this end time harvest. But you have to change your clothes. Amen? God wants us to change the clothes that we wear. And this is where we're ultimately trying to get. You know, pull off the dead gray clothes, put on the new, you know, robe of righteousness and work for God. But you can't do it in your old clothes. You have to change your clothes. Stop wearing your old worn out stuff. Aren't you worn out? Most of us are, if you tell the truth. Well, God is trying to adorn us in something prettier, something stronger, something better, something nicer, something that can enhance our power, something that can make us strong and make us, um, you know, that mighty, terrible one. You know, God is adorning us with those things if we let him. Amen. So put your new stuff on when God's done adorning us you'll look brand new and behold god does a new thing a new thing inside of us amen hallelujah so in other words trade in your weary outfit for the bling those weary outfits because i tattered you know just like you go in a closet i i put something on the other day and the the rubber had just given in on the I said yeah it's time to throw this away because I wear it till the end y'all know that or uh, Bianca and Jazz would say that's something grandpa would wear and so I know they mean 70s take it off and so you know sometimes we need to let go of these things before the rubber is gone (laughs) and put on your new 
adornment. Put on your new stuff that God has, you know, let go of the old. Press forward. Trade in the weary for the bling. Forgetting, that's forgetting those things that are behind also. And press forward. Reaching out to those things which are before you and press toward the mark of the high calling in Christ Jesus. And that word press means to advance forward. And that's what we need to do by pulling off these weary, old, rubber broken clothes, doing the same thing over and over again. And we need to put on our new robes of righteousness, put on that new power that God is putting on the inside of us, put on that new strength. Are y'all here today? Press, advance forward, carry on, um, just carry on in, with new energy, with a new vision and a new hope. Amen. And all of this is putting on your new clothes, you know advancing into your high call pick up the pace and move forward and come out of this old way of doing things you know just start doing things for god put keep him in mind when you set out to do things you know that means all of us doing more toward coming to church on time and doing what we're called to do with a better frame of mind and not think it's a chore, but look at it as an opportunity and a, a blessing, a high call to do what God's called us to do. And forgetting those past failures, past failures and what you didn't get yet will cause you to retreat and not press forward. Amen. Past experiences, past accomplishments will cause you to stay in one place too and keep wearing them clothes over and over again well remember when i did this and if we got victory yeah we did and that's going over uh, going over the good old days and i realized god was saying quit going over that because yeah that you got some victory and it was good but he says but i'm gonna make it better if you get with me and get with the new program amen and see what I can do, because I can give you even put you on a higher plane. I can give you a new strength. You know, I can give you six devil's heads in one day instead of one. You, you know, but see, we have to allow God. We got to believe that God can do this. And you have to get ready. And part of preparing yourself for this is to trust God. Get back into faith with God. and In, in other words, re, rediscover your faith. <laughs> you know, like you rediscover your love for your mate. Oh, I found out I'm still in love with him. Well, rediscover your faith and trust God more. Amen. Stop going back into the garbage dump looking for those old clothes because they feel comfortable that's what i one thing i like i, I get comfortable in something you no know, my as chuck call it my uniform and you get comfortable with your uniform and so you want to wear it all the time but sometimes you need to put on new spring colors and it'll give you a new you understand what i'm saying just go for more go higher and just forget those things that are behind you and don't remember the bible says do not and don't Remember the former things. Do not remember. Did did I read that? Let's go to Philippians three. Three. I hope I read first Peter. 
Philippians 3, verse 3. Uh, I'm waiting on my device. Okay, it's got it. Philippians 3, 3. I'm sorry, 3, verse 13. And it says, I do not consider, brethren, I read from the Amplified, that I have captured and made it my own yet. But one thing I do is my one aspiration, forgetting that lies behind. You see that one aspiration? To me that means I'm trying to attain, I'm pressing toward that. I'm working on it. I'm trying to forget about where I've been, the good and the bad, and I'm trying to envision myself doing what God has called me to do in the now, this new thing. Amen. It says, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead. I press on toward the goal to win the supreme and heavenly prize to which God in Christ Jesus is calling us upward. See, he's not calling you backwards. He's calling you upward. Amen. And so God wants us to press forward. Now let's go to Isaiah 43. Hallelujah. Isaiah 43, verse 18. Amen. And so God is further instructing us how to think, what to allow yourself to get involved with, to keep yourself in faith and in expectations, amen, and to moving towards the next season of your harvest. It says in verse uh, 43:18, do not earnestly remember the former things, neither consider the things of old. But behold, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive and know it? And will you not give heed to it? See, you know, you have to jump. God is not going to beat you and say, hey, you know, please come and follow me in this direction. But he's looking for you to allow that word to work on the inside of your heart and the inside of your mind. He's uh, holding us responsible for stinking thinking and to change how you think, refuting those things that are Uh, exalted higher than the word of God that's our responsibility to keep ourselves in good thinking order being responsible you know getting rid of the timidity rid of all of the challenges and face the devil head on because he's given us this overcoming power and so he's uh, called us for safe thinking disciplined thoughts so that we can get into the new thing and let the past stay behind. Amen? And so this is why God says, don't you perceive it and know it? And will you, and will you not give heed to it? See, in other words, allow yourself, condition your mind, make yourself receive what God is saying as truth. And quit looking at truth as the way things are. You know, well, it must be God is happening. You know, you have to think higher, live higher, think higher. And we're responsible for how we think. Because the devil's coming as a roaring lion, 
and he's going to feed you lies and it's up to us to refute them or receive them and if we receive lies and receive the false things we want we'll never move into a new season with god amen you'll never receive what you should have and that's why when we bind things well i said that and it don't move because we don't believe that it's going to move we don't believe that we have power and authority amen we don't believe that we have the keys to the kingdom amen we need to believe in keys because keys is a power of authority keys is is a, a, a significant to power and authority god doesn't give keys to people that he don't trust people that he doesn't think can wield the word as a sword people he don't think is 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 um you know right for the job but god gives the keys to those that he entrusts you don't give people a key to your house if you don't trust them to be in there amen you know i remember back in the day when there was a lot of people coming in and out of my house i never gave them a key unless god told me to and when i gave them a key once they had a key i never took it because it was a trust issue between me god and god seeing them as a trustworthy person and i never call them back because that came from god and that's the way god is with us once he gives you a key it's yours and so what we need to do is trust god in using this authority and this power and we have this this uh these keys to the kingdom number one and we have keys to unlock doors in the kingdom and and i believe part of these keys is comes um wisdom there's wisdom attached to this authority and this power and so god is doing so much for us but we do we perceive it do we not know it you know sometimes he's working so hard because you can get caught up in a in a tizzy it's like sometimes i do that and then i have to stand back from the situation and say now wait a minute you know i'm hyped up but god is he knows what he's doing he wouldn't give me this authority or he wouldn't lead me this place if i'm not supposed to be here he knows and have more confidence in me than that i have in myself and so i have to trust him to trust me to do what's right with this authority that he's given me amen because he wouldn't give you something by accident he know who he entrusts and so we need to trust god to know that he's doing the right thing by giving us such power and authority but we need to believe in this power and authority and stop believing that we're second class citizens because we're not amen hallelujah so let's go back to isaiah verse 19 he says he's doing a new thing now it springs forth do you not perceive it know it and will you not give heed to it you got to let this happen amen you got to get on board with god so that you can receive all that god has for you amen so these keys faith is a key faith is the key that marks your victory faith is is the key to your victory now where did this faith come from it came from god he gave uh, all of us the measure of faith 
Amen. And all we have to do is believe and trust and hope. Keep our hope in God. Now God is restoring. He's restoring us. And you know that word restore means to make things better. To make things brand new. To reinstate and to overhaul. The word restore means also to renovate and to refurbish, to rebuild, to reconstruct, to repair, and to mend, and to fix. And so this is what I believe God is doing. He's turning things around. He's restoring. But I believe he's doing this on the inside of us. Amen. See, we are all looking for something in the natural. We're natural. We shouldn't be natural because we're supernatural people. Supernatural. And so, you know, this, this refurbishing and this rebuilding that God's doing on the inside of us, you, you have to receive that by faith. It's a supernatural thing. This is not something you can look like an old building and say, oh, it's being restored. You know, but somebody had to have a vision like uh, the rehab addict, Nicole. She has a vision. She sees these buildings in this most dilapidated state. A lot of buildings have been set on fire, been burned. And she has a vision to go in there and see this place like it was just built. And that's kind of how God looks at us. But we don't see ourselves like that. Amen? We need to see ourselves as how God intended us to be in the beginning. Like, you know, and I believe God wants to turn everything around like he had it in, in the beginning, in the garden. You know, he, every, there was no sin. We were powerful. We had power and dominion over everything. And we had no gripes. We were satisfied. We had faith, hope, and joy in him. He was the center of our thinking back in the day, back then. <laughs> but, you know, we need to get back to, to, to that because even when sin, but see, I know a lot of people say, but sin came Eve. But Jesus fixed that. And so there's no reason for us to stay in that attitude of thinking. You know, we're restored. We're brand new, and so we need to think like that and believe that, and I believe we'll, we'll receive everything that God has for us. And it's not about putting it on a shelf and getting it at some time. I believe we can live in, like this every day because God's already, Jesus has already done everything that he was supposed to do so that we have the keys to victory, amen? And so I believe that we need to trust God, stay in faith, and believe what he has said, and not that little, like I hear people say, I have a little devil sit on this shoulder and I got a little angel sit on this shoulder. And some days I just listen to the little devil. But see, we need to kill him. Amen. Start, start believing this angel or whoever it is, you know, and, and let this darkness go. And that's all manufactured in our thinking. It is. It's all manufactured in your thinking process. And we need to see once you start to acknowledge that, I'm telling you, sometimes you can think of a, a wrong thought and you can catch yourself and say, nope, the devil. And you can tell the devil, I am not. I refuse to go there. Amen. And then this is what he'll say, but they, that's real. And you can say, yeah, it's real, but I still don't have to live out of that. I'm not doing it. Because you do that so many years, you, you'll become, that's how you'll be programmed. And that's why some people don't have faith. 
because they don't know how to come. They see they think that life is real, that life of that little the devil that sits on this shoulder. And they think that's real. Because if that's your whole world and that's that's all you you look at, you know, and you allow that voice to determine where you're going, you ain't going nowhere. Amen. And then the, the devil, then here comes this big daddy devil, says, See, God, he did that. See, and then the devil blames everything on God because, see, the devil is subtle. He uses you to get you and then blame God. And so we need to graduate. Amen. And it's, 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 it's in every day. I'm not accusing anybody of anything. I'm just saying that God expects us, if we're going to receive the new uh, thing that God has for us, you know, and live in this end time uh, this end time harvest and take part in it and obey God and do our part and be blessed by Amos 9.13. We have to change how we think and those thoughts that you allow to run through your mind. Because it starts as a small thing. And then it, it, you know, it's like a snowball effect. Storms are not made to hang around forever. Storms pass. Amen. And any situation that you're in, whether if it's negative, it will not last forever. You know, God's already made a way of escape. He's already, he already has the answer. And so, but if we, we stay in situations, negative situations so long because we don't think, you know, that God has the solution. God has a solution for everything. And this is why he allowed tests and trials sometimes. But they're temporary. Amen. Hallelujah. So put on your new clothes. Amen. There is faith after crisis. Every crisis, there is still faith. You never give up because you're in a crisis. Amen. God always draws us back to him. Amen. Even if we, even if we cause this, the negative situation that we're in, God draws us back to him by faith. Amen. Hallelujah. So he's always drawing us. True faith in God will outlast the crisis anyway. Your faith in God will outlast the crisis. So don't take faith in the crisis. You know, when, when the disciples were in that boat, they had faith in the crisis. But one person said, call to me, Jesus, and I'll walk. I'll walk and get out of this boat. And, and Jesus said, we're going to go. We're going to make it to the other side. This is what he was saying. But when you're in the middle of a situation, don't let the storm, you know, overtake your thinking and and just swallow your expectation, you know, because storms pass. And so you have to look beyond the storm. Amen. So it's not too, it's not just about the blessing, but it's about knowing who you are, rediscovering what God has called you to do and what God has given you. Amen. And be certain of what you see. Be certain of what you know. What God has told you. And don't allow your past determine your who you are. You know, I hear the saying, don't let your past determine your future. But have you heard the saying that says, don't let the past determine your identity? Amen. Because that's not who you are. Naomi did that. I won't go in. It's in Ruth 1.20. You can read that when you go home. But in the book of Ruth, 
uh, I think her, yeah, it was Naomi. She called herself Mara, which means sad and bitter. But they, and the people in the town would tell her, no, you're Naomi, which meant blessed and full of joy or whatever. What did, I, I can't remember what her name meant, but I know it meant blessing. But because her, her father-in-law had died and her, her husband and his mother had died and they were in a bad state financially and, in, and you know, just discouraged, in a discouraged place, she told the people in the town, don't call me Naomi, call me Mara. Amen. Because she did not want to be known as blessed and happy. She wanted to be described as how she felt. Don't ever do that. Sometimes when you feel you have that feeling of not blessed or the feeling of being alone or not being understood, you know, or not being uh, encouraged like you think you should be, don't let that identify you. Are y'all here? Don't don't change your name like you know, like Naomi tried to do. And she wanted a new name because she saw no end to her grief. Amen. But of course, you know the story, you know that there was Boaz. I think she rediscovered her faith. Amen. <laughs> I know where y'all going, but I'm not saying that. <laughs> Amen. But she had to rediscover. She didn't want to be identified with anything happy. She wanted to be identified with her past hurts and wounds. But we need to get over it and move on and be identified with blessed. Amen. Hallelujah. And so God wants us to be identified with him. Amen. And we need to become um, old Bible believers and not 20th century believers that says uh, God ain't going to do that so stop serving he didn't do it yet so stop serving that's that's how the people of this generation think well he didn't do it yet so he ain't going to do it you need you wasting your time you looking stupid and then all these thoughts put you in pride and pride comes before the fall and we blame God but it's our fault because we didn't check that pride amen but the Bible-believing believers stayed in faith. Amen. They say, if God said it, I believe it and I can have it. And we need to see more of that this day and be like Abraham who considered not. Amen. He considered not. That's Bible faith. That's the kind of faith Kenneth Hagin and all of those old-timers preached. And that's why, you know, that's such a good foundation for people. So don't be like Abraham. He considered not, the Bible says, he staggered not at the promises of God through unbelief. But he was, you know, encouraged and he hung in there with God. Yeah, he messed up and he did some dumb things. But, you know, when they didn't work, he brought himself back. He elevated his thinking. And he told Sarah, you know what, this God must, he must be able to deliver because nothing that we've done worked. And so we're going to move and shift our faith and change our thinking and consider not what's going on in our bodies. Consider not our age. Consider not what we've been through, you know. But we're going to stay steadfast in faith and of what our God has told us because if he said it, he's well able to deliver it. Amen. 
Hallelujah. So we need to just stop the wrong thinking. And when you find yourself going over into this wrong thinking and this pity, what it is is self-pity. All this pity and defeat is, is, you know what, it's soothing. And a lot of us, we like it because you know what that does? It substantiates your thoughts. Self-pity and defeat says, see, I told you, nothing's going to change, but we don't realize that's coming from us. Amen. So if we change our thinking and refute those thoughts, that little devil shut him down. Keep him off your shoulder anyway. And don't listen to him. And, and listen to that voice of, of uh, faith and grace and mercy and hope that says, through it all, God is going to turn this thing around. You just keep standing and don't quit. Amen. All right. Well, why don't we stop? Father, we thank and praise you. Amen. And we lift you up in the name of Jesus. And Father, we thank you, Lord, for the to the door. Yeah, take Rachel with you. Now that door represents a door to defeat. So open the door and let her in there. And once you go in there, close the door behind her. Self-pity guards that door. Now tell her to try and get out. And you go console her and tell her, it's okay, go back in. Uh huh. See, you did the best you could do. Just accept defeat and stay. So self-pity guards that door. You know, opportunity. You can be listening to faith and the word and you try to get out of that door. And if you let self-pity console you, you'll never get out of that door of defeat. So, okay. So that's all I had to say. And I'm going to get my prayer. (laughs)